Get ready for truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs from God-fearing, freedom-loving, truth-telling, patriotic Americans. Welcome to Patriots of Grit. Now let's jump into today's episode with your host, Darren Ross. Hey there, welcome to Patriots with Grit. I'm Darren Ross, your host. This is my co-host, colleague, producer, and Rush Limbaugh wannabe, Randy Mansell. And today at Patriots with Grit, as you always know, we bring you truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs. And we're going to bring on a great conservative school board candidate from Platte County R3 School District up near Platte County, Missouri, Mike Matusik. So Mike, welcome to the show today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about uh, you're currently running for school board in Platte County, which is uh, the Platte City area, Platte City, Missouri, which is up north of uh, in the Northland area of Kansas City. Tell us a little bit about uh, your current campaign. You know, the reason you you threw your hat in the ring to uh, to to jump on board and just uh, let us know a little bit about that. Yeah. So there are seven school board members in the Platte County R3 School District. This election on April 5th, there are two open seats. There are eight people running for those two seats. I'm one of eight. Um, we, I've, I've lived in Platte County for eight years. We live on the south end of the school district. So my oldest son is seven. He goes to Pathfinder Elementary. Um, and then I have an 18 month old that still has a few years to go. Um, I, you know, I started paying attention to the school board issues actually when my oldest son was two, so before he was even in school. And um, one of the the first big issues I had actually when when my son started school was uh, an issue with the with Y Club, which is the before uh, before and after care. So, um, yeah, look, I'm uh, there's a lot of issues that the school board deals with. And uh, that was really what I had to consider before I threw my name in the hat. Right. It's not just one issue. Right. It's not just a mask mandate or it's not just you know, controversial social issues or political issues. I mean, the Platte County School District has a $51 million annual budget, 620 employees, which makes it the largest employer in the school district, uh, 4,200 students with projected growth, uh, actually quite a bit of projected growth. So, you know, anybody who lives in the school district, if you look at your personal property taxes, your real estate taxes, 65% of that goes to the school district. So um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of tax money and, you know, oversight. The school board's primary function is oversight of the superintendent and other administrators in the school district to make sure that our money is spent the way it should be spent and that, uh, uh, you know, other issues that schools deal with are, you know, it's oversight. It's, It's not being a rubber stamp. So yeah, that's so, a good idea. So you, you've been in the district for a while. I mean, tell us about your any any activities that you've had or anything that you've done over the years with your particular school board within the district. I know you said you've you you had a couple things early on when your when your child was two years old, but have you had any other interactions much in the last couple of years since all this stuff has gone on? So yes, and um, actually, it would have been in August of two thousand twenty roughly um, when we had signed up my oldest son for Y Club, which is the before and after care um, that, that uh, you know, the YMCA provides before and after care at schools when my son was in elementary school. So as part of that, it was like a seven page contract that you had to read through. And 
the last page of it was the fine print or what I call the fine print. And there was some language in there that basically said, if you're, if the Y club is negligent or if the YMCA is negligent and your child is, is injured or harmed or whatever, the, the YMCA still isn't responsible for that. You know, they're not liable for it, which that language doesn't hold up in court. At least in my opinion, it doesn't. Um, but basically they're trying to, you know, they were trying to exempt themselves out of any sort of negligence. And uh, I actually, I reached out to the school board. I reached out to the superintendent basically saying, hey, this is a concern of mine. And, and it, you know, kind of fast forward six months, uh, which I, I was actually pleased with it. But it was in January of 2021 when the incoming superintendent, Dr. Jay Harris, uh, got back to me and said, hey, we, we think we've found some kind of resolution here. Um, and they, they effectively watered down the, uh, that anti-indemnification or indemnification language. Yeah. Um, I don't love it, but it was a step in the right direction and probably the best that the, the school district was going to get and, and I think my concern at the time was a, that language, um, is wrong and B let's say that it did hold up in court. Well, who's liable then? Is it the school district, right? Because uh, you know that's if I'm uh, if I was a parent and my son was hurt at at white you know Y clubs before and after care, uh, and the Y club was negligent, but I can't go after them. Well, my next target is the school district. So uh, that was that was my um, kind of one of the first issues I got involved with, and there have been several since. Well, tell us about, I know your background is kind of in the trucking and transportation industry. Tell us about any prior experience you maybe had in politics. I know you originally lived in Washington, D.C. Talk to us just a, briefly about that and give us a quick rundown, if you would. So I'm originally from Florida. Okay. Uh, moved up to Washington, D.C. in 2006. It was January 1st, 2006. I worked for my hometown congressman, um, a guy named John Micah, a longtime Republican uh, member of Congress from Florida. And I was in his office for about two years. Um, and then I went to work for Congressman Sam Graves here in Missouri okay. for about four years, which is where I met my wife, Brittany, who's from Northwest Missouri, uh, from Maryville. And my last two years in D.C., I was on the House Transportation Committee, uh, which was, was pretty neat. It was a cool experience, but I didn't want to be a, a D.C. lifer. Um, raising a family there was not for us. And just the the kind of... The grind, the D.C. grind was was nothing I wanted to really make a career out of. So um, we moved out here. I was you know, obviously familiar with with Kansas City, with northwest Missouri. Um, and it's it's a great place. And so we've been in Platte County for for uh, actually just over eight years. Last week, uh, last Monday would have been eight years to the day. So obviously we've gone through a lot of stuff from February of 2020 through, you know, February, March of 2022. So my question is, you know, what have you seen kind of go on within the public schools during that 24 or 25 month period? Well, here's what I haven't seen. Um, actually, it was a couple of weeks ago, I uh, Pathfinder Elementary had a father-daughter dance. Now it was called something else. I think it's, it, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to butcher it, but it was basically a father-daughter dance. And Are you sure you can still call um, up that now? Well, you know, maybe not. Um, I, that's what I'm going to call it. Okay. Uh, and and I get you, and I totally get your point there. Um, it was it was really neat to see that. Um, you know, I was there. I actually went to help clean up afterwards. I signed up to kind of help clean up, but 
I thought it was really cool. There was a lot of the attendance was just phenomenal. And my experience is a little limited, right? My oldest son is in first grade, but um, I can say that his kindergarten year, I think we got to go to the school one time. Wow. And that was at the beginning of the year for a, it was like a scheduled 15 minute window that we had. And, and his kindergarten teacher, uh, Sue Thomas, Miss T was phenomenal, right? And a great teacher. Um, we just didn't get to see her very often. We didn't get to go to his classroom much. And, uh, you know, the first grade, uh, we did get to go again for a very short 15 minute window before first grade started, or maybe it was the week of, I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, but I remember growing up, we, you know, my parents got to go to school, you know, there were open houses, there were choir, uh, you know, Christmas, uh, you know, where you have the choir, chorus, whatever. Um, kids would do all kinds of fun stuff at school and parents would get to go. And, and I haven't seen that. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. And I, I think we're past that. Um, but I, I can say, you know, for me, the last two years has been has been really interesting. And, and um, you know, it was just about a month ago we live on we live on the south end of the of the school district. So, Pathfinder Elementary and Barry Middle School are actually in Kansas City. Um, so, it was just about a month ago. It was the first day that that my son, who is now almost done with his first grade year, was the first day that he had been to school without a mask on. So, ever uh, in his school was, career, ever in his public school career, correct? There, there may have been one or two days in early January of this year where there was, uh, you know, where, where there wasn't a, a mandate in place, but basically no. I mean, he, he'd almost gone through his first grade year and, and had never been to school without a mask on. So that was that was a big that wasn't the issue that, you know, that wasn't the reason that I decided to run. That was a reason. Um, but there's a lot more to being on a school board than that. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that you couldn't go in to see your kid in their classroom. I mean, it's been 50 years since I've been in first grade. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm an only child, and my mom was like the room mother of the decade when I was in school. I mean, she was the one always making cookies. She was always bringing treats for every holiday for my birthday. And this is no lie, Mike. This is This is honest truth. I still run into people that I went to school with today that that made a huge impact on on them. In fact, one year, my mom and dad were very crafty, creative people. They went to Baskin Robbins ice cream stores, and there were 30 kids, not 31, but 30 kids <laughs> in our class. They got 30 ice cream containers, empty ice cream containers, took them home, washed them out, covered them all with red felt, had white hearts all over them with each individual's kid's name and had candy in there. And I just ran into that about a year ago when I was cleaning out all the stuff at my house. And I still have friends and, and people I went to school with that still remember that Darren Ross's mom was like the best room mother ever <laughs> because she was there for everything. And now she and my dad were both teachers, so they understood the importance of, of the, the student-teacher you know, interaction. But that that right there is so key. And I think yeah. my fear is that we're getting away from that too much in public schools across the country, especially with the little guys, especially in the last two years, which I think is going to have a huge detrimental impact on them. I agree. You know, um, is that, uh, you know, is that a school board issue? I, you know, I don't know. Right. Um, but at least as a parent, as a taxpayer, uh, those were things that I enjoyed when I was yeah. younger, you know, some of my earliest memories. And 
and seeing that you know the kids and the parents having a blast at this dance at Pathfinder Elementary was was just awesome. And uh, you know that was set up by the PTA. I think uh, the the Pathfinder PTA had a huge role in that, and I think they do a phenomenal job. And and uh, it, it's just you know the last couple of years have been very weird. Again, I think we're past that. And and I can tell you, look for me, um, some of the other issues on the south end of the district where I live. Barry Middle School is going to be a uh, Barry Middle School is going to be a second elementary school. Um, so you're going to have two two elementary schools basically connected to each other. Um, they'll have separate principals. It's my understanding, maybe some shared resources. But you know the, the school board is going to have to essentially approve boundary lines and and all kinds of things associated with that. There's going to be a new middle school that's scheduled to open. I think at the start of the 2023-2024 school year. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of oversight required for that. And I'm already hearing it's kind of over budget and a little delayed, which isn't surprising now because there's a lot of other things going on in the world, right? There's there's no question about it. Um, but, you know, those are some of the issues that, that I look at. And, and right now of the seven people on the school board, there's only one that lives on the south end where we live, uh, and her she is not running for re-election. She's one of the two seats that is open, and one of the two seats that I'm that I'm buying for. So, um, you know, I think that's an important point to have representation essentially across the district. You know, Mike, there were several of us in the Northland that had a chance last night to go attend a brand new movie documentary that was just out last night. It had a one night showing. It's called Whose Children Are They? And I don't know if you've heard of that or not. But it is basically a documentary on a bunch of educators, administrators, and everything that have stepped away from public school or that were recently retired. And they just did a two-hour documentary just showing everything going on within the schools across America. Just it, it, And a lot of it just would almost make you physically ill. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that that is going to be available to people either on DVD or download or whatever. But my question to you is, if public schools as a whole stay on the current path that they're on now, what's your prediction that uh, will happen over the next 10 years? Well, um, I have friends that have pulled their kids out of public school in favor of private school, uh, including in this area and, and you know, friends from other places across the country as well. Um, you know, to that point, one of the one of the final sort of straws for me um, was I think it was the October board meeting of last year, and there were some people basically making a presentation on what they call instructional resource selection. And in there, it's the four lens. That, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but there's basically four categories of things that teachers would uh, would consider when selecting materials for the classroom and, and selecting things, not just in the classroom, but all around the schools, uh, within, the, within the walls of a school, libraries, the hallways, you know, basically everywhere. And one of those was social considerations. And it had some very controversial political, social issues listed in there. And this is not something that the board of, uh, that, that, excuse me, that the school board has uh, passed or adopted or agreed to. But it's a document that's floating out there, and I don't want—I don't want my politics in schools. I don't want anybody's politics in schools. I think there's enough. There are enough issues you can teach kids that they really need to learn without injecting 
controversial political issues into school, right? Math, science, history, uh, English, the basics, you know, the basics right? I mean, things that, that I learned when I was in school. And look, I think Platte County schools are pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I'm hearing from people and, and the more parents you talk to, you kind of, uh, you know, people say it's sliding a little bit, right? The, the scores are going down, if you know, and, and, and that's probably true to some extent. I still think they're really good schools. Um, I think every teacher I've met, um, uh, Miss Plotz is, is my son's first grade teacher, and she's great. And Kelly Woods at Pathfinder Elementary is an administrative assistant. She kind of does like a little bit of everything, and she's been great, right? So, you know, I've not, I know there are teachers out there that probably aren't so great. I think most are. I would um, agree. I think they're all, I think most are, and I think most are underpaid. So far, oh, far underpaid. Way underpaid. So my, my wife's, uh, my wife's aunt retired from teaching in Kansas, I think after 30 or 31 years. And I think she was making, it was either 50 or $52,000 after 30 years. And, uh, you know, I, I think she was a great teacher. I, I see her around our kids. And um, so, yeah, payment is, is absolutely an issue. Um, I don't know how big of an issue it is compared to some of the surrounding districts. I think, again, Platte County is probably kind of in the middle, right, where teachers aren't aren't paid on the high end of the average or not paid on the low end, but but kind of somewhere in the middle. So that's another I mean, when you think about big issues that the school board's going to have to look at or, or the district's going to have to deal with. Um, retaining quality teachers is going to be a big one and certainly pay is a part of that. Um, so the, the question is, you know, how would you, how would you pay teachers more merit-based pay would be, you know, kind of the way I might describe it, right? How do you pay teachers more that deserve it? Um, and how can you afford it? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we all pay a lot of taxes and, and I think there's a lot of people that probably don't want to pay anymore. And quite frankly, I'm one of those, um, you know, there's, you pay a lot of money in taxes and the bulk of it goes to the school district. And I Absolutely. think that's a great thing, but as a taxpayer and a parent, there are certain things I expect from my school district. So, so Mike, I have a question. We know that in the last two years, there's been all kinds of things that go on ever since COVID started in February, March of 2020. So what, what things have you seen? What issues or changes have you seen good or bad say in the kids, the teachers, the administrators, the board, and even the community as a whole in Platte County. So I've met with Dr. Reich a few times. So, you know, he's out, he's the outgoing super. I'll just kind of start there. Um, He's the outgoing superintendent. And I don't know a lot about him. I don't know a lot about Dr. Jay Harris, who's the incoming superintendent. But when you think about the function of a board, right, and what you see and what you think the school district should look like, I mean, this is the guy that's gonna be uh, leading the way. And the school board needs to have oversight of that. And one of the things I did notice when I started going to the school board, the school board meetings on a regular basis is there are a lot of issues that come up on the agenda. And when you start looking at those issues, I mean, they're big issues. And there are some some school board members that not only don't ask tough questions, they don't ask any questions at all. Um, Some you even wonder if they're even awake. I say that there are some great school board members too um, that, that, that I know that and that I know and that I've gotten to know over the last year or so. Um, so, you know, the, the direction I think as far as some of the controversial political issues, um, that's not in, in the Platte County curriculum. Uh, you hear about it on the national news. Uh, the, the state 
the Department of Education, Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, DESE, they, they determine essentially the curriculum in schools. And some of that controversial stuff is, is it's not in there if you actually look at it. Um, but there are, are, are layers of that stuff that you see. I mentioned that instructional resource selection presentation. Um, you start to see that kind of crop up at the school board level. And, um, and, and you, see, you see this happening elsewhere. And I don't want it to happen in Platte County schools. I mean, we love the school district. We want to kind of, uh, you know, prevent some of that stuff. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, there's a lot of issues um, with the growth, with the, the school district right now, in my opinion, has a fairly heavy debt load as well. I think the debt service is probably 10 or $11 million a year. So when I mentioned earlier that the uh, that that the budget annual budget is 51 million, if you actually include their their debt obligations, it's more like 61 or 62, something like that. So um, and, and that's a big issue. I mean, you have to have a healthy school district. I mean, it's it's the foundation of your community, and uh, I think we can do better. And that's basically been my platform: is is you know I can do better. Well, you mentioned a while ago that you felt like some of the school board members, you know, they're they whether they they're awake or not you know that some of them are just kind of there so i mean i'll be the first to say i mean i never had been to a school board meeting or a health board meeting until may of 2021 and when i went to my first one i just felt like something was off it just didn't seem right it just smelled funny so then we went to another one the same week then we went to a health board meeting and it just it just didn't seem like that's the way it was supposed to to go for these these officials and I'm I'm just gonna say I had never I guess I didn't feel I, I felt like I had never witnessed a side of power and ego before from some of these people especially on boards whether it's health boards or the school boards so can you talk just a little bit about that so there's there's a lot of people out there that think some of the decisions that school boards not only in Platte County but across the country some of the decisions they've been making have exceeded their authority. And, and I, you know, I would agree with that to an extent. Now I, I can't get into every single issue, but you know, I, again, I would go back to the fundamental role of a school board is oversight of the school district, the superintendent and, and other leaders that the board essentially hires. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a tough, you know, it's just, it, and I agree with you, right? So one of the, the complaints I had too when I went to the school board meetings is it's actually a fairly transparent process. You have to sign up in advance if you want to speak. They give you three minutes, which is okay, right? Um, one of the, the complaints I had though was it was, I think it was the October meeting that I was at and there were multiple issues on the agenda that I wanted to address. And I still only had three minutes. I actually asked the board to offer a motion, which they could do. I asked the board to offer a motion to give me an additional three minutes. Um, I didn't, nobody offered the motion, so nobody seconded it either. And, and I get, I get why, because if you go down that road, you can have people basically come in and filibuster a school board meeting <laughs> by requesting to speak, you know, a thousand different times. Right. So I understand that there's a balance there, but as someone who had two legitimate issues that I wanted to, to talk about, I only had three minutes and you, you can't, you can't say everything you want in three minutes. And, um, you know, like you kind of hinted, 
you don't get a lot of response from some of the school board members. There are yeah. some that do respond a lot. And when I first started really getting involved in this, I was sending the school board emails. Um, I get at that time there was probably some fatigue, right? School board members were getting, you know, bombarded with emails of, of every kind, right? On every side of every issue, especially some of the big ones in the last couple of years. But, you know, that's what you sign up for. Um, I think that that's probably a problem in Platte County is that there are people on the school board that probably didn't really know what they were signing up for. And I think their work ethic or lack thereof or their effort or their, you know, I, I think that sort of reflects that. And I know what I'm getting into. Uh, I know this requires a lot of work. You know, you really have to pay attention to, to the materials that the school district provides to you as a board member. And you have to ask the tough questions. You have to, you know, ask questions and, and put time in it and, and talk to parents. I mean, um, that, that's been one of the most fascinating things the last couple of months since I've been in this in this campaign is when you go out and you talk to parents, you hear about all kinds of issues and all sorts of viewpoints. And, you know, you have to you know, you have to sort of leave your your, your personal opinion at the door and realize that you represent taxpayers and parents. And, and uh, so, you know, like, those are some of the things that, I, that a school board has to deal with. Um, obviously I have personal opinions on stuff and that will guide some of it, but, um, you know, earlier it was, uh, last week, last week they canceled school. Uh, it was virtual learning for two days. It was Thursday and Friday of last week. And a lot of parents, I had parents calling me and I'm not even on the school board, you know, and they said, Hey, why, why is school canceled? Why are we doing this virtual learning? And, and it, it does create, a, a, it's a, it's challenging for parents. I mean, if, if you're, um, if you work from home and a lot of people do, how are you supposed to work and and also ensure that your you know elementary school child is or any kid of, of, of any age is actually able to do their work? I mean, so so there's a lot of a lot of issues, um, you know, to, to deal with. And, and I know that going into this, which I think is different than some of the current school board members. Can I jump in here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's on the school board issue, and I don't, I don't want to just slam all school boards because I know there's some great people with some oh, yeah. great intentions. Absolutely. Um, but what we have seen, and I've seen it in smaller districts and larger districts, is they say they're transparent, but the system does not allow that. It pay, uh, pay, I started to say patient, but parent interaction. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's pretty limited. You get your three minutes. The board cannot respond in a meeting. So what would you propose to open that line so that the parents can basically, here's my concern, is the school board members can vote on something. They're not discussing it in the meeting, but they can vote on it, and there's no justification why they made the vote either way. And people need to know that. We need to know if they're even knowing what they're, they're voting for. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So I'm not an expert on the bylaws of the school board. I've, I have read through them a couple of times. So it's hard for me to say what I would do. I, I could certainly say, you know, if I was on the board and someone came to the podium with multiple issues that they wanted to address, I'd certainly make a motion to give them an additional three minutes, right? And hope that people would second it. I would also say that you know, I wouldn't let someone just take advantage of that either, right? If they're doing it just as like a gamesmanship type thing or whatever, I, you know, that you can sift those out a little bit. And, and I get why people do that. And I'm not saying that I would never do that. Um, but but when when parents have legitimate issues that they want to discuss in front of the school board, you know, give them a little bit more time. And like you said, 
you know, some of the, the votes that they take, not just on, you know, on any issue, really, you see how they vote, but there's really no explanation to it. And it, and it's hard to figure out why, because a lot of them aren't making any sort of comments on the issues itself. Right. You know, they're not asking questions. You can't really figure out where they are. You see the vote tally, but you don't really know how they got to that decision. Um, and, and, you know, there are plenty of them that, that just aren't responsive, even via email. So, you know, transparency is important. Do I have all the answers for that? No. Um, but it's certainly something that I think the board probably does a pretty good job at it now, but they could certainly do a little bit better. Yeah. And I do know that in some cases, not all cases, but how easy would it be for members to text back and forth and discuss the packet that they were given and say, Hey, let's go this way. And, and then they come in and just raise their hand and nobody knows what discussion was had. That's where it's not transparent. Uh, right. So I wanted to go down the road. You had mentioned uh, the board overseeing the, the functions of the superintendent, regardless of you, what they want to think that you are the superintendent's boss. The school board training that, that you will probably go to will uh, instruct you that you need to follow the lead because they're the professional of your superintendent. But what I want to know is a, is a school board member, how are you going to feel the pulse of what's going on inside the school with the staff, uh, the administration, and see if they're disgruntled or, or do they need somebody to talk to? That's a good point. Talk to parents and teachers. You know, that's that's the simplest way to do it, really. Um, whether you're at the bus stop or hanging out with friends, I mean, you know, I know a lot of parents and, and you hear a lot of stories, good and bad. And so I, I think that's a big part of it is just getting out there and talking to people. You know, I've been to local Republican club meetings. I've been to, uh, you know, the, uh, my wife joined the, the Platte City Chamber of Commerce. So we went to a big dinner and you, you talk to people there. You have a Facebook page, right, where you, you, you know, can communicate that way. Uh, my cell phone number's out there. I have an email. So um, just talking with parents and, and teachers um, and getting into the schools. I mean, my guess is there's going to be an opportunity, if you're elected to the school board, to actually go and meet all the principals and all the administrators at these schools. I mean, I know the ones. Uh, Dr. Dahl, who's the principal at Pathfinder, is, you know, he's awesome. I, I have not heard anybody say anything bad about him. Um, I've, I've heard some stories about others in the school system, but um, I mean, that, that's the way to do it is get out and talk to them, you know, talk to the teachers, talk to the administrators, talk to parents, uh, talk to kids. I mean, I have friends that have high school age students, ask them questions. Hey, what, you know, what do you like about school? What don't you like about school? What would you like to see changed? And, and again, I say that with keeping in context that the school board isn't the answer for everything, right? I mean, the school board has, or, or probably should have, a you know, it's a limited function, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. you, you make sure the that the superintendent is doing what you want him or her to do and overseeing that. And and uh, so it, it's, you know, my guess is it, it, it's going to take a lot of time and, and uh, you get those once a month meetings. I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes on, but uh, where, where the district basically sends school board members packets of information. I question whether some of them look at that, but you know, that's what it takes. Read the information, pay attention, ask questions, talk to parents. Pretty simple. Yeah. We, we had an interview the other day, Mike, and I was shocked at, at, uh, at the, at the low number or low percentage turnout of voters 
four school boards. I had no idea that it was as low as it was. I th- what did she say? It was 15%, something like I, that? I honestly can't remember. 15, 10 <laughs> to 15% voter turnout for school board, and I was shocked. And I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say, up until you know the last two years, I wasn't an active voter in all these different elections other than you know the main a lot of the main four-year elections i just it didn't even occur to me that i just thought everything was was great within the schools i mean i thought everything you didn't have to open your eyes and have to look and then the last two years i think has really enabled parents to you know pull back the curtain and kind of take a, a little look-see behind the scenes and see what's going on so i think that the turnout numbers are a little bit better than that i think it's usually in the high 20s maybe as high as 30 percent in some I of the hope. april elections <laughs> Uh, it's usually, you know, the last the last couple of years that I checked, it was between 4,500 and 5,000 people that voted and, and with a voting population of 16 or 17,000. I can't remember the exact numbers. So it's it's right at that the, the, the high 20s uh, in terms of a percentage. Um, I think this year could be better. Um, in fact, I, I think, well, I, I certainly hope it will be higher than that. Um, I want to say it was in, don't quote me on this, but I think in 2020 in the Platte County School District, I don't even think there was an election because there was only two people running for two seats. So, for example, this year, if it was just me and somebody else running, there would not be an election because there's only two people running for two seats. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, looking back at the numbers, it's not great, right? Not enough people vote. And I think that's going to be a big part of between now and the election is, is get out the vote, right? I mean, that's going to be a big message is vote. And, and like you said, I think I think parents in this area have really, uh, they're more awake now, right, where they've been paying attention. And, and so you hope that turnout reflects that. Yeah, and, you know, if, if you think about, in my, my vision in prior years, I didn't vote for school board, especially when I moved to Kearney here because I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the people. And I've got to thinking back, and Darren and I talked a year ago. You know, there's no mechanism for knowing what these people are about. So that's exactly why we're doing this right here. And, uh, you know, so I want to slide over to um, not necessarily just curriculum, but the thought of what's infiltrating the schools over the past three decades or more. Uh, and I don't want to seem, I don't want to seem uh, dramatic about it. But if you really look in some schools, they may say that they're not teaching certain social um, social studies per se, not not social studies, but you know, um, but they are infiltrating in a granular nature some Marxist communist type teachings to, and that's part of the plan as far as uh, making this country more socialist. So if you really dig deep enough, you might find a teacher that is teaching something that may not be appropriate or be approved. That's what I'm concerned about is how does a staff know when somebody's teaching something? And, you know, and I'm going to add one more thing. A lot of the instructions that go out to the teachers sometimes, and this is what we saw in this movie, oh, yeah. that they're sending out instructions to say, let's use this social issue in our math. Use those as examples. So you start indoctrinating the minds of the young kids. So I know I've babbled on here, but how do we get control of what's coming in, you know, and what's being taught? So I go back to the the instructional resource selection um, presentation from the October 2021 board meeting. I think it was October. It might have been November. Um, 
you know, again, that's not something that has passed. Um, and, and I don't think it will, quite frankly. But you see, you, you hear about elements of that, right? You, you uh, Do I think it's like a widespread issue in, in Platt County schools? No, I think there are probably a, a small amount of teachers that, you know, maybe push their own agenda or include some sort of controversial stuff mm-hmm. in the materials that they use in the classroom. Um, I know that the school board does deal with um, teacher related issues. I don't, it's not something that the school board is allowed to talk about. So mm-hmm. I don't know the full extent of that, but, uh, but as far as disciplinary actions taken against teachers for violating the rules, I know that does happen. Okay. Now, is it, is it rules that is it is it because of materials that they're using in the classroom? Probably not. It's probably something else. But but the school board does have a role in in really looking at, you know, I, I'll just say rogue teachers. And, and I don't know. Again, I don't know the extent of that because I'm not on the board. I'm not right. privy to that information. But but it's something that the board does look at. OK. And I think you're probably going to have that more. I mean, I'd like to say that we don't have any of that in the Midwest. I don't think that's true. I think there is some. But I I feel like you'd probably have more of that on the coasts, but based on what we learned last night and whose children are they in that documentary, it's, it's scary. It's an eye opener that I think Mike, you and and all the viewers need to try to get a hold of that video or that movie and watch it. It's, it's a, it's a game changer, man. I think every school board member and administrator should watch that and see what could be infiltrating the schools kind of subliminally and under the, under our watch. Um, Let's talk about uh, the issue. I'm talking about the big issues, the sexualization of the kids. When you start looking at some of the studies, and this may not be the Midwest, but some of the the more radical states are teaching kids complete vulgar sex acts as children before they even know what their sexuality is. Where do you got? Where do you stand with that? And if that was to infiltrate the school, how would you handle that? Yeah. So. You know, I have not seen that personally. My son's only in first grade, and <laughs> I certainly hope nobody would, would uh, you know, would, would start then. I've heard that from other parents that I've talked to, some of the materials that you can find in the library, books, things like that. Um, there's certainly a line that shouldn't be crossed. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard from parents who are, you know, kind of mixed on it. Most that I've talked to said, no, you know, keep that stuff out of our schools. You've got enough issues to deal with. Focus on core curriculum, right? Absolutely. Uh, math, science, that should be your focus. And, and again, I just go, my position is pretty simple. You know, I don't want your politics in schools. I don't want my <laughs> politics in schools. I, I don't want it in schools. I mean, that's, that's the simplest way I can answer that question. And look, you know, our kids are in school for, what, eight hours a day. You know, I mean, they spend a lot of time there. Um, what I would would prefer my son to learn both my kids when my youngest gets in school is is like what we said math science that kind of stuff all the uh you know the other issues i can handle with when we're having dinner at the house you know i can i can deal with those kind of things and and um you know those those sort of controversial political or social issues i don't need that in school yeah that's that's your that's your role you're the parent the school is not it's funny you mention that because I have a daughter that's a junior, and I, you know, over the last you know, nine, twelve months, I can't even tell you how many times she's texted me during the middle of the day at school while she's at school and say she'll have taken a picture of an assignment or something that she's getting on her computer, and she's like, "Do I have to 
do I have to answer this garbage? And I mean, it, and some of the stuff is just like it, it doesn't even make sense. It's like where are they pulling this stuff out of? I mean, I can tell you where they're pulling out, but you know, I <laughs> well, mean, so, I have talked to people who have said, you know, they're opposed to, you know, to having that kind of stuff in school, but. I've had a few say maybe they would be open to, you know, if the school wants to go down that road, maybe they can do some sort of permission only type of class where the teachers can send something to every parent and say, hey, here's what we're thinking about doing. Right. If you're OK with it and you want your child to participate, sign this form and send it back. Or if you don't, no big deal. They'll go to another class or, you know, do something else. I mean, maybe that's a middle ground. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying right. that's that's what some parents have suggested as far as some of that material where you basically give parents more of a choice and, or some level of choice in what their kids are looking at in school or, or, you know, talking about in school. So the other major topic obviously is CRT or DEI or whatever you want to call it, equality. Um, You know, equality is equality and I don't want to go too deep because people misconstrue that, but the whole skin color determining your opportunity and equal outcome uh, I don't know how versed you are in that, but equal outcome is not something the school should be striving for. They should be striving for equal opportunity. And what people do with that opportunity is on them. So when when they start changing scoring and curriculum to help out the ones that aren't exceeding, that's a problem. What do you What do you think and what have you dealt with with that? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not an expert on critical race theory. I, you know, it's not something that's in the curriculum of, of the state of Missouri. So it's not in Platte County schools, uh, nor should it be. I, uh, you know, like you said, I, I would go back again to, to the layers or the, the little, you know, pieces of it that kind of work their way in. Um, but, you know, I think equal opportunity is probably the way you framed it. And I went to college, my first semester of college, um, I was taking remedial math. I'm not a math expert. I'm not a math major. It was something that I always struggled with. Hey, and you're not alone, did, man. Me too. Well, I, <laughs> Me too. Millions of, so I, I took inter, uh, intermediate algebra oh, my yeah. first semester of college. I didn't get college credit for it, right? I paid for it. It was a college course, but I didn't get college credit. You know, I still had, um, I, I had algebra Uh, In high school, I took statistics and algebra. And and so along with many other kids in school. So, you know, I I didn't get out of it what others did. And that was probably partially my fault. The opportunity was there. And, you know, I for whatever reason, I just didn't pick up on it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I, that's probably how I would answer that. It's it's you want to give kids the opportunity to do is to do the best they can. And I think there are a lot of big picture school board issues. where you can basically provide an atmosphere for kids to do that. And that, that goes back to everything from, you know, budgeting, making sure that, that schools, you know, have the right facilities, have the right equipment and resources and have good teachers and um, keeping schools focused on, you know, your core curriculum and less on all of that other stuff. And I think the rest will kind of, will kind of work itself out. Yeah, and I and I maybe I'm out of line for saying this, but I've kind of been sarcastic and said that it seems like to me they don't want to teach critical thinking because they don't want the kids to be too smart. But that's my negativity. But uh, critical thinking is an issue, and the kids need to, to be able to look at social events 
and connect the dots and see and make their decision based on their knowledge. Um, Darren, I, do you have anything to add on to that? Because I don't have anything to add on that. Okay. I, I know that over the last few months, we you know we've all seen news clips and social media clips and, you know, of, of a lot of school boards and, and school board meetings and irate and angry parents. And, you know, Mike, give us your take on uh, when it came out in October of this uh, this fall of 21, 2021, of parents being labeled as domestic terrorists. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I was one of those irate parents at school board meetings. I'm not afraid to admit that. You know, I was very unhappy with a lot of what I was seeing, and I was voicing my frustrations and really the only way I could, um, which is showing up to those meetings, and you have three minutes to basically say what you want to say. And, and you know, I did it, I think, at least in my opinion, I did it in a professional way. I didn't use foul language, um, but I, I still made my point. You know, I got my point across, I think. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I've I've read that in the news. You know, I... I uh, I don't know that anybody in, in Platte County or anybody on the Platte County School Board thinks that way. I know that some of the school board members weren't happy with what they were hearing and the way parents were conducting themselves. I don't think it got to that level where we were labeled in, in one way or another, at least not that I'm aware of. But um, but no, I mean, uh, look, if, if, I'm, if I'm making the right decisions as a school board member, chances are there's not going to be a lot of angry parents. And if I'm not making the right decisions, I hope that parents would hold me accountable. And I have thick skin. If you don't like the decisions I make, tell me, you know, I don't, don't hide it from me. Uh, make, make your frustrations known. And, and I know that going into this and um, quite frankly, I can't predict what will happen in the future is, you know, is there going to be some new issue that pops up? That's going to be just totally wild and crazy. And, and parents going to be all over the, you know, I don't know. I, I can't predict any of that stuff, but, um, but I think I'm qualified to be on the board for most issues that will come up, um, you know, with, with my background, uh, what I do for a living, as far as reading materials, interpreting it, trying to figure out what impact it will have on parents, students, taxpayers. Um, and, and that's that's what I want to do. So, I, you know, I know that going into this, I can't predict what will happen as, as far as issues that will come along. But uh, but I think I'm ready for it. And, and I again, I don't I, I think there's a few board members that probably weren't. And probably regret, even to some extent, that they ran for the school board in the first place. So that's not going to be me. 2020, bad year to be a super or a, be a school board member. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, uh, 2020 was a very weird year. Um, like I said, the first board meeting I went to was in May of 2021. You know, I sort of, I was, I sort of went with it, right? And and I didn't know a whole lot. You know, th this there was a lot of things that people didn't know at the time. So. You know, I don't give people a pass for the 2020, 2021 school year where my frustrations boiled over was basically after the 2020, 2021 school year uh, and decisions that the school board was continuing to make. That's where I became frustrated. And I'll tell you, in May, when in May of 2021, when they basically ended the mask mandate, my son went to summer school at Pathfinder Elementary. It was a month long, five days a week. Uh, I think it was eight to noon, if I remember correctly. And kids weren't wearing masks, you know, teachers weren't wearing them. It was, uh, you know, so so when, and my point is, is when given the choice at that time, uh, you know, parents, parents can make, you know, 
parents should have been making those decisions. Um, you know, not the school board. I think the school board probably Amen. overstepped. One hundred percent to that. Uh, so, so parents, you know, parents should have had a role in that. One hundred percent. I'm behind all all the way on that one. So, I want to bring up, you know, Platte County. I've always heard is a great school. And you got a great stadium. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what an athletic facility you guys have. Incredible. I don't, well, Carney's, I don't ba- Carney's basketball uh, facility is impressive. I was there for a game a month or so ago, month and yeah. a half, and that's quite a facility too. Yeah, it is. So, so you've got these good schools, and if you were to see that movie we watched last night, I think that's why everybody should see it because you can see the path it could quickly go down. And I've seen some other professionals talk about, they've written books and talked about this, uh, this degradation of the schools. And uh, they, they say that it could take 20 to 25 years to overcome some of these really bad schools and get some of this garbage out, this Marxist garbage out. Now, I agree with another uh, school board candidate that said, you know, if we really get in here and hit it hard, we can eliminate it pretty quick. So, I, you know, I'm thinking they're probably right. We can get it out. So I just was bringing that up because I'd hate to see the good schools start to start degrading to the the, the curriculums that maybe Desi's sending down. And if you follow the money, you're going to find out where some of this corrupt stuff's being pushed in. So, And I was telling some of the other candidates and Darren, you know, if you think about these some of these teachers, they're great teachers, and they want to they teach, but then they're getting forced into this corner where they've got to teach something they're not really th- sure they should be teaching, but they have to. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to micromanage teachers. No. Um, you know, I, I'm not a teacher, um, and, and my experience has been really positive. I, I think you, you let the good ones do their thing and um, try to figure out, you know, if there are problem ones that, you know, that you can address. So I, you know, I, there's a lot of issues that the school board's going to deal with. I don't know all of them. Um, look, I, I have a lot to learn. I'm not afraid to admit that there's all kinds of things that I don't know about the school board, but, um, I think I know enough and, and, uh, I, I'm excited for the opportunity if I'm elected and we'll know in just a few short weeks. Yep. Well, one thing we learned last night in that movie, whose, uh, whose children are they? I really had no idea that the teachers unions were as, powerful as they are i think if my memory serves me right said it's the, it's the largest union or the second largest union in the nation and the most well-funded yeah and some of the you know retired teachers and retired educators and administrators basically talk like it's it's literally like a i think they use the word cartel yeah, yeah. i mean i had no clue none at all is platte county i mean the, the, the midwest schools or i'm talking about the kansas city schools are they in unions do they have yeah so so there's a teachers union that Platte County that the, you know the Platte County School District will deal with and work with on on issues. I don't know exactly what that looks like or or but I do know that yeah absolutely that's that's something uh, that that the the school district or the school board will deal with. And, um, and guys, I got to run actually because I have my son, my youngest is in daycare <laughs> and they close at six. So um, can, can I ask you one question real quick as we close, yeah. Mike? Yeah, of course. my final question to you is: so if you're elected on April fifth. What is one or no more than two changes or improvements you propose making as a new board member? You know, the first thing that I would probably do is revisit this whole uh, indemnification language in the Y Club contracts to see if there's more we could do there. Um, And then, you know, the other way, probably transparency, right? See if there's a look at the bylaws, 
figure out what the board is doing that is really, really good and what the board is doing that maybe could, could use some improvement. You know, beyond that, it's, it's I hate to sound cheesy or cliche, but you, you kind of, you know, I'm not going to, you know, the first board meeting, I'm not going to come out firing and doing all that. I have to learn, right? I have to figure out how the process works um, and kind of go on a listening, you know, start reaching out to more parents, you know, reaching out to the, the PTAs and, you know, what issues are really important to, I have, I feel like I have a, a decent grasp on that now. Um, but, but those are, are some of the things that, that board members should really be doing is talking to parents, talking to teachers, getting out there in the community, figuring out, you know, where they can make things a little bit better. So, you know, I don't have, I don't have an agenda per se, the specific items. Um, I want to keep politics out of school. Sure. I want to let teachers kind of do their thing and make sure that, that we oversee the, the superintendent and, and make sure that we're using taxpayer dollars wisely. It's, it's funny, Mike. We've interviewed several people, and 100% of the people, when I ask them this question at the very end of the interview, there's one common word that's come up with every one of our interviewees and our guests, and that word's transparency, you included. It's important. So, absolutely. absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us today. We wish you, we hope and pray that you'll get the best results for you on April 5th on, uh, on your Platte County School Board election. And I think you'd be a great candidate for that school district. And we thank you today for coming on joining us. And uh, best of luck with you and your run. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. All right. All right. Take care, Mike. Good thank luck. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. Mike Mike uh, Mike Spit it out there. Mike Matusik <laughs> from Platte County. We had another uh, Mike from Platte County. <laughs> Running for school board. I think you'd be a great candidate. So thank you for joining us today on Patriots with Grit, where we bring you truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to help you hear truth, be bold, and live free. Now, we're asking you to go to patriotswithgrit.com forward slash recommend, and on there you're going to find a form where you can recommend other strong leaders and entrepreneurs that we could interview. Also, if you'd like to hear us uh, discuss future topics with other people, please let us know. Visit patriotswithgrit.com. Also, share Patriots with Grit on social media, on different uh, social media channels, Facebook. We're getting uh, our podcast platform up and running here real soon, and we'll be on all the major social media platforms. So thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for joining us today and realizing this is the best time in history to be alive. It's people like you that keep America on track, so please let your friends know about Patriots with Grit. The more you help us grow, the more we'll continue delivering truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs. Right now, head over to PatriotsWithGrit.com and drop us your name and email and you'll get immediate access to your free ebook valued at $27 titled How Patriots, Conservatives, and Small Business Entrepreneurs Just Like You Will Save America. Plus, you will be the first to know when we release new episodes and content. Also, make sure you subscribe and share this episode on social media. Now, go out there, hear truth, be bold, and live free.